Here I come again now, baby, like a dog in heat. I got you in a stranglehold, baby. You better trust your fate. Uh, ooh, the final instant reaction of 2023. Another year has gone by. Where has the time gone? It's gone by so quickly. My name is Jason. I'm the last manager of the last video store in the universe. If your universe has a video store, I simply am not in your universe. I like to go to local movie theaters. I like to watch movies most of the time. And I like to come back and talk about them instantaneously most of the time. I've gone to the movie theater on Christmas Day 2023 to see a heartwarming tale of a loving family known as the Von Erichs, uh, who really no, no, no great drama, no great tragedy ever befell these folks. Of course, this is the intersection of film and professional wrestling. If you know me, and you know that I am a fan of both of those things. Although I'm a little selective on my professional wrestling. I'm not a fan of all professional wrestling, but I am a fan of professional wrestling. And um, I'm very familiar with the story of the Von Erichs. In fact, I just did a 40-year survey, uh, a 30,000-foot conversation. It took about 90 minutes with Joe from Real Spoilers for a little special side podcast thing we did called Wrestling For It All, where we talk about the from the days of the territories until the present moment um, which is changing rapidly of, of the effects of the consolidation of the wrestling industry and how it is a bellwether for consolidation of all media, which we are currently experiencing. So we just got through the history lesson, and now we're going to get into some speculation and talk about um, um, uh, what we, I think we end up calling um, toxic podcast grifters. <laughs> and we even get into, like, our podcasters responsible for the, Partially responsible for, like, the death of media. Are we all just buzzards picking at the corpse of art and entertainment? I think maybe. Anyway, so check that out. That's available over at patreon.com slash binge movies to everybody. Everybody. You don't have to be a patron. You can listen to it for free. The second episode will drop hopefully later this week. If not, it'll happen after the first of the year. It just depends on how the holidays go. Uh, but I will be getting It's probably going to be three or four parts, so go ahead and check that out as well. Um, Next season's right around the corner. We're doing a movie draft this year, which it's open to everybody. First come, first serve to patrons because we do have limited availability. So if you are a patron or if you want to be a part of the draft to guarantee your spot, get over on patreon.com slash binge movies. Okay, uh, let's see. What else? What else? I think that's it. Let's talk about the movie. That's going to be mostly spoiler-free. It's hard for me because none of this, none, there's nothing that happens in this movie that is a spoiler for me. And uh, I kind of want to address that. That's, that's, I don't want to say it's my issue with the movie, but that's my context with the Iron Claw. Um, <clears throat> my context is I know this story beat for beat. And there's a lot of details, including a bro an entire other brother, who uh, Chris uh, Von Erich, who they left completely entirely out of the movie, um, mostly because the director thought it would be just w like improbably sad if they talked about Chris. So um, there's way more stuff about the Von Erichs that from this time period that isn't covered. The hard part is if you are very familiar with the story, especially like say their feud with the Freebirds and just how big that was. Like, I don't think the cage match is in here. Um, it's a very kind of cursory um, 
speed run through the Von Erich story and world-class championship wrestling, the ascent of world-class and the downfall of world-class. There's a very selective decision that's made creatively, and it's that they're going to give you enough of the context that you don't have to know wrestling history to have a vague, vague enough understanding of how what things, how things worked and what things must have felt like if you were, in particular, Kevin Von Erich, but all the Von Erich boys. And it's really a, a, a biopic, a biopic. Pick and choose your preferred usage of that term, pronunciation. Um, of Kevin and, and of the boys, but especially Kevin. And um, he is the surviving. Spoilers. He is the one that is still with us. And so it, it, it makes sense that you would tell it from his perspective because you can update it, right? You can say this is what's left of the Von Erich family today. Um, obviously, Fritz is no longer around, and neither is his mother. And um, you know, most of the family has, has is not around anymore. So it makes sense. You know, Kevin's getting up there, so it makes sense to make the story from his perspective. Um, and it deals head on. I mean, it it name checks the Von Erich curse, the family curse, and all the lore that was around it, and all the stuff that wrestling fans have heard and read about, and has been documented. And heard Kevin talk about it, and heard Lacey talk about it, and heard, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, we're familiar with it all. There's been so many documentaries. I think WWE even maybe did a world-class one back when they were doing them. There's been so many uh, wrestling journalists, so many people, podcasts and stuff that have um, dove into the story um, and talked about Fritz in particular. Uh, and world-class was huge. It was a huge, huge promotion in Texas. Texas was huge for wrestling. You had world-class, you had Amarillo, and you had... Um, uh, Mid-South and Houston. And so, you know, it was a big, big wrestling uh, state. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma combined was a huge wrestling market. So it, it, it supported, you know, three or four very, very large and successful territories. Now, they were kind of successful at different times, and you know, but still. Um, it covered the NWA. It covers Harley Race. Uh, there, is, there is a... Not Ric Flair. I want to say it's not even Richard Fleer because that's Ric Flair's real name. It's, I, okay, we just have to address that. So let me put a button on this one thing. So first and foremost, if you want a like detailed, like we're going to get every single detail right and go into depth about like Michael PSAs and, you know, the Bath Street USA and all that sort of stuff, you, you get a cursory version of it, but you don't, they, they, they kind of blow through um the they they blow through the freebirds very very quickly um rick flair does show up a couple of times the guy who okay you could just juxtapose there's a guy who kind of looks like harley he kind of sounds like harley but more so in cadence and intonation harley had that real deep gravelly 14 marlboro 14 packs of marlboros a day take a shot of whiskey go to the ring you know what i mean you know the famous stories about Harley race is that he'd have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. We'd really lacing up his boots like old timers would do. And then have this long ash, you know, uh, you know, just hanging off of his cigarette and his cigarette was barely on his lip. Plumes of smoke would be coming out. Hey kid, what's your finish? You know, you tell him what your finishing move is. And he'd look at you and he'd go, I'll move, which means <laughs> you're not winning this match. 
Um, so they didn't quite get that. Like he kind of is like Harley, but he looks enough like Harley that you can suspend your disbelief. And his mannerisms uh, are enough like Harley. And the eventually what we see in the ring is so intense, you just forget about Harley. The problem with Ric Flair, this is the problem with doing, doesn't matter whether it's something cheesy like Young Rock or anything else. Uh, when you, Ric Flair is such a specific, iconic personality. And the look, the mannerisms, the, pan, the, the patter, the, the manner of speech, is, that's what is iconic, right? So I don't want a bad Ric Flair impression. I get that. But I also don't want like a loosey-goosey interpretation of Ric Flair because in professional wrestling, the personas, especially of that era, the bigger-than-life personas of someone like a Ric Flair, and not everybody had that bigger-than-life persona, but the ones who did, the stars, they're caricatures. They're cartoonish caricatures. Ric Flair is a cartoonish character. He's this screaming, hollering, you know, Farrah uh, 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 Fawcett hair-having maniac, right? And he's got a very specific way of speaking. He's got a very specific voice. He has a very specific intonation of how mean Gene, you know, Tony Schiavone. Like, there's just a very specific thing, right? I'm living in the big, you know, I, I can't even do it. Right? I have a horrible Ric Flair impersonation. This guy, the guy, I, I hate to shit on the actor, but the actor they get to play Ric Flair, and Ric, Ric Flair obviously plays an integral role in this, manages to get about 20% of all of it. Like, they, the wardrobe, spot on, man. Like, the hair, not so much. Not enough volume. Not thick enough. Not big enough. Um, the, the way of speech. It's horrendous. Like the way that he did, like at certain times, his Rick has got like a little bit of a lisp, but it's not a dusty lisp. And at certain times, he sounds a little bit more like dusty. And I know like that. So, you know, that's like, um, that's potentially a wrestling nerd who's heard these people and heard, watched these Ric Flair promos all of his life, you know, for over and over and over and over again, because they're so iconic, right? I spent more money on spilt liquor. Last year, I spent more money on spilt liquor than in one bar from this side of the world or the other than you made. It's like, that's iconic. It's iconic. So when you got a guy doing it and he's not selling it, it just doesn't, it take, took me out of the movie. It took me the fuck out of the movie. Ironically, his behavior in a locker room, I was like, okay, now that feels like Ric Flair. Um, The other criticism I would have of the movie that's not net wrestling nerd related is that you could make the argument that these, because we're covering so much and the Von Erich family is so big and their legacy is so huge and we're covering such a long span of years, covering over a decade of the, of the life of the family, um, uh, just of the boys. And we start with Fritz very early on um, in his family's life, uh, of his young family's life, that um, we never really get into the true, true depths of any of the characters. The closest we get is we get um, is with is with Kevin, Zach Efron, and Efron. I mean, the weight of this is really put on his shoulders because he's the one who gets to be 
see more fleshed out of everyone involved. All of the performances are excellent. Okay, all of the performances are excellent. My my guy from Mindhunter, who um, plays Fritz, is damn near identical to Fritz. He doesn't quite look like him, but he got he has the mannerisms and his manner of speech and everything. He's got like these subtle ticks. I mean, he studied footage of this guy. He studied. He had to have. And if you told me like he sat down with Kevin and like worked through it, I would 100% believe it. And a whole time in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, if you're the surviving Von Erichs and you're watching this and you're seeing yourself, I don't know that I could do it because the story of their life is horrific. You're Kevin. I don't know. I don't know that I could sit there and watch that because it's hard as a viewer who has just heard the story from Kevin or heard it third hand it's hard enough to hear it let alone to be the person who lived it you know oh my god um i i from what i remember because i've seen photos and videos and stuff of the von eric household at the of the farm man i think that's it's spooky how close it looks to what i've seen of their house i mean it, it, it just i just wonder about the family does this like put you back in that place and do you want to be back in a place i'm not sure um, but Zach Efron has to do the most of the work. And if this isn't the best performance of his career, I don't know. I mean, it ha I think it has to be. I, I mean, he's excellent in this movie. The physical shape, however he got there, and by the looks of his vascularity, we know how he got there. The old Hollywood secret. Um, he's in phenomenal condition. I mean, he is in aesthetically he is an adonis i mean seriously he is might have one of the most perfect physiques i've ever seen on film he looks fucking incredible the feeling of it being the that late 70s early 80s vibe texas is perfect um more tierney delivers she's got a lot of hard work to do to present herself is this sort of stern but loving but closed off woman, and she does it perfectly. Um, I think she should get a supporting actress nomination. I think Zac Efron should get a a, a, a best actor nomination. You know, Fritz, I think the guy Holt who plays Fritz should get a, a best supporting actor nomination. Uh, Holt McCallany, I think is his name, or McCallany. Um I just, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the performances through this are through the roof. I think it was too late to be submitted to the Academy uh, on A24's part. I think it's a damn, damn shame because there's not a bad performance in this movie. There's some actors that I don't know or I don't recognize at the very least who play some of the other brothers. Obviously, I know our guy from uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White or whatever his name is. Um, yeah, Jeremy Allen White. Oh, oh thank God who plays uh, Carrie Von Erich. I mean, you know, I think one of the things that they, they also maybe missed was just, they kind of got at it, but not completely, of Carrie Von Erich at a time was probably the number one prospect in all of professional wrestling. A legitimate, true contender qualifier for the, for the Olympics in discus or shot put, that was 100% correct. Um, Left it because of our boycott in the Olympics. Loses out on his dream. It's pretty much the tail end of his of his track and field career. 
um, pivots into wrestling, the boys become one of the most pop- popular acts, certainly in the Southwest, start to gain national fame. My guy is set to be the man. I mean, the level of popularity. Um, I don't go Google old footage of the Von Erichs on YouTube and you'll see 30,000, I mean, legitimately 30,000 plus screaming young women and, 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 and older women ripping his clothes off of him before he could even get to the ring. Um, same thing with Kevin to a lesser extent. I mean, all of them, you know, we're all David, they're all teen idols, but Carrie in particular was the closest thing to a, like a matinee idol, teen idol, superstar wrestling's ever had and struck down, you know, he, you know, injured and right at the cusp of, of, of true greatness. Um, and obviously goes on to the WWE and pl- uh, plays Texas tornado, which we talk a little bit about on the wrestling for it all. So again, if you're going into it going, okay, I want to know all about Carrie's time in New York and uh, uh, like if, as a wrestling fan, you're not going to get in any of that. It's like the wrestling stuff is kept on the periphery and it's only, we only go into it as it matters uh, to explain or to express the emotional state of the family. When, when the best way to express the emotional state of the family is on the ranch, then it's a ranch movie. When it's at a bar, then it's in the bar. When it's in a, in a, at a grave site, it's at a grave site. When it's in the sportatorium, it's at the sportatorium. So don't go into it expecting like a, a, a big, big wrestling movie. It's, wrestling is featured prominently. It's the other, oh, that's another thing I want to give. Uh, Chavo Guerrero did the choreographer for this, who's obviously from the legendary Guerrero family. He's Chavo Jr. There's Chavo Classic. Um, he's the nephew of, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, something like that. Uh, so, um, you know, it is, he's done amazing work to get these actors who my understanding is have, have no background in wrestling whatsoever to be able to perform believably on film as professional wrestlers. And one of the things that this movie does such an excellent job of is capturing that. Yes, it's predetermined. I thought that speech between him and Lily Allen, by the way, who's also incredible in this, uh, just Lily James, uh, to Lily Allen, look at me, Lily James is, yeah, also incredible in this. She, um, uh, is uh, how he explains it to her is hundred percent right. Especially from that era. Um, just the, ah, man, the idea of, yes, it's predetermined, but it doesn't change the physical toll on your body, especially in the territory days, especially in Texas, especially in the NWA. It was predetermined, but it doesn't mean Harley Race isn't going to beat the shit out of you. All it means is you're going to get the shit beat out of you, and you're going to take it. That seems bizarre if you're not familiar with professional Well, that's all fake. Man, when you're suplexed on concrete, it's not fake. You're going to get hurt. Concrete isn't in on the, the gag. It's not, it's not a gimmick concrete. It's real. The Harley Race kicks you full force in your ribs. He's going to break something. That's just the way it is. You might break a finger. You might break a nose. You might lose some teeth. You might get head, da- you know, uh, uh, skull fractures. You might break your neck. You might break your back. Legitimately. 
People have died in the ring before, and people continue to die in the ring. Not so much in America, but it has happened not too long ago uh, elsewhere, uh, Mexico. Uh, it happens in Japan. I mean, it's, it's brutal, the sport of professional wrestling. So I think they captured that very well. So all that to say, I think that they do a good job of capturing the essence of events and the essence of territory wrestling, the essence of America in the 1980s, the essence of Texas in the early 1980s, the essence of the Von Erich family, the essence of professional wrestling. They just cannot and do not choose to go too deep into it. And by the third act, they get into uh, being very impressionistic and artistic, and they take some artistic liberties that I thought were extremely beautiful and moving. This is a deeply compelling film, a deeply sad film. I think it should be in the race for some Best Picture nominations. Uh, uh, I'm not sure about director, maybe. Maybe Best Screenplay. Uh, certainly some acting nominations here. Phenomenal. Um, I give the movie four stars, four to five stars. Uh, I was I was teetering on like three and a half because I'm like, I don't want to say, well, they didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. But I settled on the fact that it wasn't so much what the story tells in, in so much as how it tells it. I think it does an excellent job of telling that story. So please go check out The Iron Claw. Know what you're getting yourself into. Know it's a very sad movie. You do not need to be a professional wrestling fan, I think, to appreciate the performances. If you love movies and if you, if you need a good... Uh, Tug at the heartstrings this holiday season. Please check it out. I know it's not available in the UK until February. When it makes, your, it makes its way overseas, please go check it out. Uh, if it opens up in your country. If not, check it out on streaming or digital or wherever you can find it. Support this movie. Another great one from A24. Ah, all right. Till next time, binge on.